again, this is a tremendous waste of time, but I've done it and I've got you as an audience. <laughs> so. Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. Bayern Munich rounded out the year and the decade with two Bundesliga wins this week, thanks in no small part to 18-year-old striker Joshua Zirksi. The Bavarians now head into the winter break just four points off league leaders RP Leipzig, but there's still much work to be done over the next month or so. As always, I'm Benjamin Scott and I'm here to talk about all of that with my friends Tim Richards Hello there. and Sebastian Zimmerman. Hey. Yeah, like I said uh, in the introduction, two games for Bayern Munich this week, um, two wins. They left it late in both matches, but uh, we just we have to get straight into the man of the moment right now. That that is 18 year old Joshua Zirksi, who saved the day for Bayern Munich not once but twice, scoring um, not quite stoppage time goals, but almost stoppage time goals to rescue two very big wins uh, for Bayern Munich. So. Um, Tim, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Joshua Zerksi, you know, how impressive was that for, for a guy as young as him to come in and, and put those goals uh, away like that? It's great to see. Um, like, I'm, I'm sure like Sebastian will confirm this, but I think there's always kind of been a bit of a, I guess, dearth is maybe the, the, the word to use there in terms of like striking talent coming out of Germany. Okay, he's, I think he's Dutch. Um, but it's great to see like young attackers, uh, young forwards like coming through, especially from the Bayern Academy. I think it's great. Like, obviously, we had um, like, we've had players like Mario Gomez as like German forwards, like Mario Goetze, closer. Like there have been people that can play as a centre forward um, in Germany. Uh, but it, it's really fantastic to see it um, from uh, coming from Bayern's academy. The weird thing is that he's kind of struggling. Uh, in the in the third division with the second team um so it's kind of very very strange to see it to see somebody with a 100% conversion rate in the top division um in terms of like how fluky it is or if it's just he was in the right place at the right time like who who am I to say otherwise but generally I'm really happy for the guy uh, he seems like a really nice uh, really nice lad and I'm very excited to see what happens in the future yeah, I mean, neither finish was exactly difficult, I guess you could say, but at the same time, um, to have the composure to, especially in the first one, the one he scored against Freiburg, to, to nutmeg the keeper um, on the volley rather than, you know, just trying to hit it with full power, that's pretty impressive for a guy as young as him. There's a lot of veteran strikers who just would have snatched the ball and, and then tried to power it back in. And then um, same with the second one, to keep the shot low and driven uh, and put it in the back of that. That's, that's really great to see from an 18 year old and then of course like you said it's nice to see um good offensive talent coming out of the Bayern Academy even if he isn't necessarily German even if he is Dutch but um that is really good to see but Sebastian do you think you know Tim kind of talked about do you think this is kind of a fluke for Xerxes or do you think that uh he's really got the talent and this could be you know the spark that ignites the flame for him to come into the first team and uh, maybe we have a viable option at striker behind Robert Lewandowski now. Uh, I guess for me, as a striker, that's just one of the qualities you need. It's, it's even probably the most important quality there is for a striker to keep keep calm and score those goals. 
And of course, the pressure must be incredible. I guess n- none of us three can can imagine the the kind of pressure that would that would be on you in a situation like this, playing playing in the Bundesliga for Bayern Munich at that age, and then uh, being thrown in there uh, so late, and then yeah, getting that one chance and then scoring. So yeah, I, I definitely think that does count for something, especially uh, as it happened twice, uh, right right one right after the other. Now. So I don't think it's it's fair uh, to talk about the fluke there. Uh, I guess we can also compare that to players like Kingsley Coman, where we have been complaining uh, for months and even years how he has been struggling to score and be calm and take the right decisions in front of goal, and there is just has just been none of that with Turkey. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that, and I really think he's a he's a great option for the future. I mean, you never know if it's going to last, but yeah, for for me, he's definitely an option. I mean, he is, he's done the most that he could from those games. There's nothing more we could have asked from from him in these games. I would say so. I'm I'm really happy about that, and I think we we can be we can be pretty optimistic about him. Yeah, and and to be fair, it really shouldn't surprise a lot of Bayern fans who have kept up with the club uh, very closely over the past, I guess, few years because he's always ever since he was brought in a couple years ago been a name that um, we've talked about as someone, you know, up and coming, he's going to be a, a great player one day. So it, it's not totally surprising to see him come into the first team uh, and have such an immediate impact. I, but I mean, anyone who scores two game winners back to back in like three minutes of play, it, it's going to be impressive. Um, so looking at, you know, Xerxes being so young, 18 years old, of course, Hansi Flick has been kind of forced to uh, to play these young guys with the injury crisis going on right now, but should the way that he's played, um, Tim, along with how Alfonso Davies has played over the last couple months, should this really, I guess, convince Hansi Flick to uh, continue giving these academy guys, these young guys, minutes with the first team to kind of see what they have? Yeah, definitely. I think more so for Davies because he has been able to do it over 90 minutes repeatedly, uh, repeatedly. Um, I think he's easily one of the the brightest talents to come out of the academy since well since Alaba. Whether it means that Bayern are just very gifted at producing left backs, then you know that's fine with me as well. I think Valencia they have a reputation for producing quality left backs too. Um, yeah, I think for as long as as long as these people are performing and and you know making the most of their of the opportunities, there's absolutely no reason why that should stop. Because even when when Singh came on uh, like the other week, so in the Champions League, I think he he was desperate to get involved. He was eager. He was running around. He was asking for the ball, and it's honestly so great to see that these people want their opportunities. And the fact that I, I, like all I can think about is that game a couple of a uh, couple of years ago against Frankfurt, where um, we had Avina, Mai, uh, Shabani. I think um, Nicholas Dorch, like all of these players in in one game, that's like the most that that's probably like the only example I can think of where the younger players were given that sort of opportunity, and it was in games that kind of didn't really matter because the league was wrapped up by that point. So now that younger players are getting their opportunity in in big games, like, okay, the the Champions League game maybe less so because it uh, Bayern are already confirmed to be the number one team in that group but it's still it's still so important that these that these chances are coming along 
early in the season because you know Bayern are an injury prone team for some reason um so it's it's very reassuring and i i can only assume that it's going to be positive for the future yeah and it's one of those it's one of those things that's especially nice to see because of i feel like how much we complained about Nico Kovac not playing the youngsters um not playing the young guys so it is nice to see flick giving them a chance uh, uh, one guy that we've really wanted to see, Sebastian, has been Lars Lucas Mai, and he continues to to not get minutes despite the fact that we really don't have that many fit uh, central defenders. So, um, Sebastian, you think maybe maybe he's just not quite up to the level that we thought, or maybe that we assumed he he would be, or he should be, or um, what do you think's going on there with you know Mai not being able to get minutes despite Flick letting some of the other young guys get minutes? Yeah, I guess that has to be kind of a reason we, we have to think about at this point. It's always tough to say because, yeah, we, we don't, don't know anything there, really. We, we have little information as to what Flick thinks of those uh, specific players, so it's, it's really kind of uh, tough to actually judge. But yeah, I mean, there, there needs to be a reason for that, of course. And uh, I guess one thing uh, that, that also might come to mind is that uh, Flick has always made a point of first securing the defense and uh, defense being being basically the groundwork for everything else you're going to try. So I guess there's something to be said for uh, young players being less of a risk on offense than on defense, I guess. Maybe that's playing a role. But as, as far as Kovac and Flick both have taken this at this point, I think there must be some issue uh, with my... Then there must be some reason why why they really don't co- completely trust him. I mean, m- maybe maybe uh, it's it's going to be completely different now that Javi Martinez is also going to be injured and is probably not going to be available for a handful of games. Yeah, but at this point, I would be really surprised if he now suddenly gets his chance because yeah, as you said, I, th- I think there has to be some reason we we as outsiders basically cannot see. There needs to be some maybe off the pitch or some character thing or maybe some 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 uh, problem uh, with his with his technique or something or anything really then there needs to be something we as outsiders cannot really see that uh, nobody's talking about i guess otherwise i, I can i can't really uh, can can't really make sense of this of two coaches uh seem, seemingly kind of ignoring him there uh, while we were uh, with some reason, I guess, thinking that that he's one of the more mature guys, one of the guys uh, we could expect to see some minutes and so on. Yeah, really, really tough there. And maybe I'm wrong here, uh, but I, I do kind of feel like defenders um, develop a little bit more slowly than attackers. Like usually you don't see very many 18, 19, 20 year old guys starting uh, in defense, whereas like on the wing, um, that's not so much of an uncommon thing. Uh, but let's go back to Alfonso Davies for a second, Tim, uh, and talk about him because shortly after the winter break, our sort of defensive crisis should be over. We should have uh, Lucas Hernandez back, uh, having Martinez, Jerome Boateng, all of our uh, main defenders back, which would free up David Alaba to presumably go back to left back. So my question is, do you think that uh, Byron should continue to try and rotate Davies in at left back or now that he's shown what he can do um, from left back, push him up the pitch, give him more starts uh, on the wing and let him see what he can do as, as an actual left winger. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, it's kind of the curse of having somebody that's just too good 
I, I wrote an article about this with Lewandowski a while ago when essentially you can't really afford to have somebody to substitute in because whoever you have, it's going to be a, like, it's just going to cause problems. And um, while it's not quite the same sort of approach, it is, it's a big shame that he's done a very, very good job because, you know, chances are he's not going to go back to being that as soon as Hernandez comes in, then surely that means that Alaba goes out again, um, as in out wide. So it is, it is a shame. I'd love to see what he can do further up the pitch because obviously like a modern day fullback is essentially a winger, but starting like 30 yards behind. Um, yeah, it's it's very difficult. I, I personally would love to see something like that happen where he he still does regularly get time. I can't imagine he, he plays 90 minutes week in, week out. Um, but he has certainly earned the opportunity to do so somewhat frequently. Uh, I think he's been really consistent. He, and I've, I've said this a couple of times before, but he plays, that he plays as a fullback as a fullback. Um, like he doesn't, completely ignore any of his defensive responsibilities that he's that he's always one of the first to track back if only for the fact that he's just so much faster than everybody else um like he's always when he even when he's out of position he's always desperate to get back um and it's it's really great to see because even when we see players like Joshua Kimmich playing at, at right back he's always charging up the field and yeah he does come back but it always seems like somewhat reluctant um I think like the solution would be, I, I guess like if anything, he's kind of been gifted the fact that Coman might um, is probably going to be out for a little while as well with his injury, um, so that already opens up more avenues in terms of, okay, maybe we can play him on the left wing because I think just completely ignoring him and everything that he's done over the past couple of months would be so insulting and like such a shame because he's worked so effortlessly and just tirelessly um to become a better player um yeah it's, it's going to be difficult but i've got every faith that the decision makers will make the right decision for him yeah i definitely agree that no matter where it is um i want to see him in the starting in and around the starting lineup as often as possible uh, whether it be left wing or left left back, and um, I do agree. Like what's been one of the most impressive things is that you know him playing as a left back. He's played as a left back. Like it's not he's not a winger ignoring his defensive duties, like you said. No, he's he's genuinely impressing playing as you expect the left back to play. Um, and and it's really nice to see. So Sebastian, I'd be interested to hear uh, your take on it. What you think about um, I guess this difficult situation, but you know in a good way. Yeah, definitely uh, difficult in a good way. I think there are so many moving parts uh, that there's going to be a way to, to find find spots for Davies there. Uh, first, I think uh, Martinez is not not quite uh, not not quite going to be ready for the first game after the break. I, I think, at least from my information, uh, then also Sule is still going to be missing, and I, and I think I could very well see uh, Alaba and Hernandez playing in the middle. That's probably not ideal, but ideal is just not, not uh, something we're going to get so soon. Um, then, uh, of course, we don't know what's ha- what's going to happen on the right side. Um, maybe there's going to be new pl- a new player coming. Maybe not. We're not going to. We're, we are. N- we don't know if Boateng is staying or what, what his status uh, at the club is right now. 
And then, of course, we, we also don't know what's going to happen in central midfield with uh, Kimmich or maybe someone else or maybe just Kimmich um, or maybe Kimmich is going to be on the right and someone else is going to play there because we now had two games with uh, Müller and Coutinho uh, right in front of number six. So that might also change. Uh, and yeah, of course, that has also a big influence on what's going to happen with Davies because if Coutinho is not playing on the left, I say Davies is the next guy I would want to see on that left side. So if Coutinho is playing in the middle, I, I could very well see Davies playing on the left side. I definitely uh, am more optimistic uh, for, uh, for, about seeing a good performance from him uh, over Perisic or, or Coman right now. So, yeah, I think there are just so many possibilities right now. Uh, I guess uh, Hasan Salihamidzic is going to be happy about that. He, he's loving these uh, polyvalent uh, players. So, yeah, I, I guess there are just so, so many possibilities. And I just can't imagine that Davies is going to be the odd man out here because he's just too good right now. And he's got so many talents and he brings so much speed as nobody else on, on, on our team can right now. So I don't think he's going to be the one losing out. If I could add one more to that, that whole list of items, um, Leroy Sané and, and what happens with him, I guess, could impact the future of Alfonso Davies. And uh, maybe you could see that as one of the negative aspects of bringing in Leroy Sané, especially in the winter. But uh, we'll wait to cross that bridge until we get to it. Um, one more player I want to bring up, and that's Thomas Muller, who, uh, with his assist yesterday, became the first player to register 11 Bundesliga assists in the first half of the season. It's 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 a brand new record. Um, so Tim, my first question is, with you know Muller setting this record for assists, have have his performances so far this season backed up that record? Or is this kind of just an anomaly? Is this something that kind of happened by accident? I think it would be like quintessential Thomas Muller for something as impressive as that to be sheer coincidence and and absolute luck. Um, but saying that, he is one of these players that when he's on the pitch, he's not glamorous. Like he's not skillful. He's not. He's certainly not graceful. But he does exactly what it is that he's supposed to. Um, even even like a bad game from Thomas Muller, he's still going to be trying maybe more so than some of the other players on the pitch. Like he's not one to be completely destroyed by things not necessarily going his way. Um, yeah, having, having seen him over the past year, it is quite strange because there is that whole discussion of, oh, he's past it. Like he doesn't like Pep Guardiola made him into something that he quite evidently isn't. Like that was just sheer luck. Like he's at the level that he's supposed to be now. The fact that he's consistently getting assists, despite the fact that, well, the the fact that he is leading in assists, um, I think in the calendar year, I don't know if that's still the case, um, is fantastic due to the fact that he's not really played much. Like he's been a substitute for a, for a large part. He's been, you know, quote, off form. Um it's it's both very surprising to see his name at the top of these lists, but also it's not surprising because it's Thomas Muller and he is one of the most important players in the uh, in the squad on the team sheet at the club, uh, just in general in the club history. Um, I'm I'm delighted. I'm really happy to see him there. And while it makes absolutely no sense, it makes so much sense that this is the case. 
yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. And I, I do think you're right that it's especially impressive with how um, sparsely he was used by Niko Kovac in, in the big games and then sometimes even out on the right flank. And um, yeah, genuinely impressive. I would certainly say that his uh, his performances have backed up the statistic. And um, I don't think there's you can there's much you can do to argue against that. Uh, but Sebastian... Um, the Bundesliga record for assists in a season was set by Kevin De Bruyne a few years ago, and uh, that's at 21. So Thomas Muller's only 10 off. If he repeats his first half of the season with 11 assists, he'll certainly break that. So uh, do you think that that's going to be the case? you think he'll set the Bundesliga assist record this year? Yeah, I, th- I think that would be would be great. Uh, I would prefer that over Lewandowski beating out Gerd Müller. I think it's no no longer so likely that Lewandowski is going to get one. So 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 why not let let Müller have this? Uh, that would be fitting, I think. I think it's it's very interesting how Thomas Müller is that special kind of player um, that you cannot really compare to to other players so much. It's very very special what he does, but within uh, within that. Uh, Thomas Müller play style. He's still kind of reinventing himself. Uh, I think he he's scoring so rarely now, and that we cannot forget that this is this is the player who has scored so many goals at uh, two World Cups, uh, who, who really looked like our best uh, our our best goal getter in in that kind of context. And yeah, he's he's just always finding new ways to inter- interpret his role. And yeah, actually, I would I would not. I'd all be surprised if in two or three years he's actually become becoming a defensive midfielder or something like mm-hmm. that. At this point, I, I would really not not be surprised anymore, because he really has has this very special skill set that, yeah, brings a lot to so many different positions actually. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how this is uh, going to develop for, over the rest of his career. I think it's it's really so, so very very special and so interesting. And yeah, I think right now there's really no, no one who has this eye like he has uh, to get players in the right positions and play those those balls. Yeah, it's it's, it's just very brilliant, and uh, I was happy to see that working out better in the last game uh, together with Coutinho because I think uh, midweek it was not so great, uh, and now Coutinho uh, played uh, pretty much more defensively, or well, maybe not defensively, but deeper uh, than than he played midweek. That he helped a lot there, and yeah, I think. Maybe a flick can actually make this uh, kind of four one four one work. This very very offensive four one four one, and yeah, I really hope uh, if we stick to that, we're going to see more of uh, this. Well, it's the four one four one, like the very offensive version, is something we saw a lot under Yep Hankis. So I don't guess it's entirely impossible that we make it work out, even though sometimes it may seem uh, a bit risky. But um. Now that we've kind of looked at the games from this past week and talked a little about those, let's, I guess, zoom out a little bit and look more broadly at the first half of the season um, in general. A lot's happened. Niko Kovac was coach. He's been sacked. Hansi Flick has stepped in, and it's been really a new Bayern Munich uh, since then, and probably for the better. But who uh, individually as a player, I guess, has impressed you the most so far this season? And then who has, I guess, disappointed you the most so far this season? Um, and I'll go ahead and give my answers first so you guys can have a second to think about it. And I'll probably be giving the obvious ones. But uh, as far as impressed me goes, I've got to say Alfonso Davies. Um, over the last month, he's just blown my mind. Uh, and it just keeps getting better game after game after game, like we just talked about a few minutes ago with 
how mature he's playing, with how um, experienced he looks on the ball. Uh, his assist against Freiburg the other day was just incredible. Um, it's not something you see from a lot of players to take the ball from way in, from his own half of the pitch all the way up and, and make a pinpoint perfect assist for a goal. Uh, he's really been um, exceptional for a pl- not only for a player of his age, just for a player in general, and he's a, a huge asset for Bayern Munich. Um, and then kind of sticking with the theme of, of the left flank, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that Kingsley Coman's been my most disappointing player this season. Um, I feel like for each of the past few years, we've just waited on him to take that next level, to step up, to really show what he's got, fulfill his potential, be more than just this fast player who knows how to dribble the ball. Uh, and still we're seeing the same thing over and over and over with him wasting passes, him wasting chances, not being able to finish. Um, and so definitely, definitely I have to say Coman is uh, my most disappointing player so far this season. Um, really do hope he turns it around and gets back on track in the second half of the season. But at the same time, I feel like a broken record because we're saying that over and over and over again. So uh, those are my two. Tim, um, what about you? Uh, I completely agree about Alfonso Davies. I think what he's done uh, over the past couple of months has been nothing short of incredible. Um, it's really great to see that Bayern are, you know, slowly but surely getting youth into their team. And it isn't even a case of, oh, yeah, he did quite well in what he um, in like the five minutes that he was given. This is a guy that is, in my mind, should be one of the first names on the team sheet because he brings so much dynamism to to the attack and a lot of quite a substantial amount of um, solidity in in defence as well. I think he's he's definitely been one of the most impressive names um, in the squad, and and also I'll probably steal Sebastian's for this, but I think Thomas Muller needs to get. I needs to get credit as well, um, but um, chances I hope Sebastian will discuss that, so I'll I'll keep quiet. Um, as for like disappointments, I think Kingsley Coman, yeah. Um, although it's not really a disappointment, I think he's doing exactly what it is that I expected him to do. Like I've never, he he's he's had games where I'm where I've seen something and I'm like, yeah, okay, this is it, more of that. Like the second leg against PSG a couple of years ago. He was he was really effective against Leipzig in the in the cup final. But then everything outside of that, like those moments for me are just too few and far between. And so I to see him kind of do the same thing over and over again, it's not like I'm not disappointed. I'm it's it's very much expected, which is a shame because I think he's he's obviously got something in his head that says you like please just make sure that this goes right like all of the discussions of like an early retirement there's clearly some like mentality thing not quite right because he can do everything that he's supposed to do but he just can't seem to make it tick and but with any luck like once he comes back from this injury uh he'll be able to kind of like ignore everything that's gone wrong and it will work out well for him sebastian Actually, uh, Thomas Müller is not one of one of the names uh, that I would have brought up because I never really doubted Thomas Müller. If that's just kind of par for the course, what I could have seen actually is uh, a coach not rely uh, not relying on him and therefore him not getting the chances uh, he he deserves. But I, I never really doubted uh, his performance, so that that's why he's not one of the names I would mention. Um, disappointment is kind of tough 
because I feel there are more smaller kind of disappointments uh, than, than the one big disappointment. I guess I will have to go with Goretzka here uh, because he's has just hasn't really found his role. Um, he's not one that, that I would put uh, in my lineup right now because, yeah, he has just brought uh, to the game uh, what I would have liked. I think he's not as Tolisso is right now. Uh, also, I, I would have a hard time taking either Müller or Coutinho off for him. I was just expecting more, more of him because he looked like a very, very good partner for Kimmich uh, in defense midfield for a while and also very dangerous on offense. And I haven't, haven't seen much of that uh, recently. So for me, he's kind of a disappointment. Um, and for my impressive kind of surprising performances, I, I want to go with uh, two names. Actually, one would be David Alaba. Um, of course, he has always been a good player, but I actually, I'm actually surprised how well he works as a center back. I kind of had my doubts that this would work out as well as it does. But yeah, it, it seems to be very, very good. And uh, I, I would not be against uh, sticking with him with a partner he works well with at center back as a starter. I'm completely fine with that. And actually, the other name to, uh, to mention here is Robert Lewandowski. I guess that's uh, maybe kind of surprising for you. But yeah, uh, I, I, there's there's no way uh, of not seeing uh, that, that he has uh, gotten better as a player on the field. And also, even more surprisingly for me, kind of come around uh, concerning off-the-field issues. I, I, I'm not saying I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm suddenly turning a fan right now, but... Yeah, at least for now, for like, I don't know, kind of, is it a year already? No, I don't think so. But yeah, for a relatively long time, he has been kind of quiet and has been kind of a leader. And yeah, that definitely came as a surprise to me. I know um, Garrett will be thrilled to hear hear you talking about Robert Lewandowski, but I know it's going to hurt him when he, when he hears you bring up Leon Goretzka as uh, your disappointment. Not that I disagree, though. Uh, I think you're exactly right. He really has... Um, he's been kind of invisible most of the time when he plays, and that's not really ever something you want to say uh, about a midfielder like him. Um, and then, yeah, Robert Lewandowski was the name I was going to bring up uh, besides Davies as a surprise because he really just has elevated his game um, this season and and also off the pitch, just become a real leader. Um, and it's nice to see him wanting to be at the club. Uh, but I think it's awesome that you gave David Alaba a shout out because. As much as we talk about Alfonso Davies being so impressive at left back, we tend to overlook that, you know, David Oliver, he's been solidly very, very good in central defense, um, occasionally making up for the odd mistake that Alfonso Davies happens to make. So uh, I think that's that's really good for you to highlight him and um, how well he's played. So to kind of move on to a bit of a different topic, earlier today, Byron confirmed that Hansi Flick uh, will stay on until at least the summer. Um, something that we all expected. It shouldn't really be a surprise if you've been watching Bayern play. Uh, but they did give a very, very big hint that they kind of hope to stick with him um, beyond that. They said it's an explicitly conceivable option for him to stay on beyond this summer. So, Tim, there's a lot of time between now and the end of the season. A lot can happen between now and then. Uh, so, with that in mind, kind of an early preview or an early look, what does Hansi Flick have to do uh, over the next several months to convince the Bayern bosses that he's the right man for the job long term? 
I think the the benchmark for any Bayern boss is the Champions League. Um, like, what was it the quote that Ancelotti gave several weeks before he accepted the job, which is like, you can win the league with Bayern with your hands in your pockets or something like that. He then proceeded to go on and make it very hard work for himself. <laughs> but I think for for Hansi Flick, this is like he's not new to it. Like he's been okay. I think like while international football is somewhat removed from club football, he went to the World Cup, and I think the general consensus is, is that he was one of the most important factors of that team. And um, so he's clearly got something going for him. I think it wouldn't be completely out of the ordinary for people to expect him to have like a fairly substantial Champions League run or for it, or to at least show okay look uh, this is something that we've been trying and it and it works I, like I, I guess with Eric Ten Hag he went out in the group stage with Ajax I think to the Europa League I think they finished third um yeah oh yeah cuz Lille were they were fourth um, but with that, I can't imagine the Ajax board are, like, are just desperate to get rid of him because it's like, oh, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. This is terrible because there's a clear semblance of something being formed. I think if Hansi Flick goes out against Chelsea, but kind of goes out in a fair, in a, like a reasonably convincing manner, um, then, you know, that's great. Obviously, I would, well, it's not great. It would be atrocious because I work with Chelsea fans. So I'd personally be livid if that happens. But if he can show some sort of promise and like, look, this is essentially where we're going. Like, this is a roadmap of what's going to be happening. Then I think everybody should be fairly comfortable with the idea of him being in charge. Whether that's the right thing as a fan, I don't know. That's not for me to decide. Well, and like I said, there's a lot of time between now and then we don't, you know, you never know how the next uh, few months are going to are going to go um, for him and our minds could change completely between now and then. Um, but Sebastian, what would you have to add? What does Hansi Flick have to do uh, to convince the Bayern bosses he's the right man for the job? Yeah, I think it's definitely true that the Champions League is going to play an important role there. I think Chelsea should be doable uh, and it's going to... Uh, make Flick staying uh, way less likely if if we lose against Chelsea. Mm, yeah, I don't necessarily think he needs to get get the get get the Meisterschale, but I guess that of course helps too. Uh, more importantly, I think uh, with Bayern, it's always also about how we're playing, about the mentality, about how things are looking. Because in terms of the, the mere numbers, in terms of uh, well, winning the league, w- winning winning the Pokal and so on. You could not really find too much fault with Niko Kovac, but um, uh, people were not quite happy anyway. So we can definitely see that Bayern is not like at least some other clubs where uh, it's really really more about winning than about how you win. I guess that, that that plays an important part there. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, it, I was ca- quite happy uh to hear that that Flick uh, is an option and that he's definitely going to stay. Uh, well, definitely, there's never really a definitely with these things, but you know what I mean. So I'm, I was quite happy about that news because for me that that really sounds like okay, we have a very small number of options here, and one of them is Flick, and that's a good thing because I was really afraid that we would be completely set on getting a new coach in summer 
and it's uh, it not being so important who that actually is that we're just definitely looking for one and that was a prospect that I really did not like much. I really think it should be about either Flick or Ten Hag and then I'm really happy. And I guess that's not such an unreasonable assumption at this point. And then I guess if, if it should be like that, uh, if, if that's actually the, the truth, that, then of course there, there, there are going to compare, going to be comparisons. And I guess it's, it's maybe might also be about how Ten Hag performs for the rest of the season. And yeah, I guess that's going to be very interesting, but I think it's, it's not only about winning those games. Yeah, I think you you bring up a, a few good points. Um, first of all, I think you're spot on with it being equally as much about how Bayern play um, over the next few months as it is about the results that they get, such as the Bundesliga, DFB Pokal, and so on and so forth, because Kovac won the double and never was not on the hot seat. Uh, whereas, you know, the last few wins for Bayern haven't been totally convincing. But Karl-Heinz Rummenigge is consistently talking to the media about how happy he is because of how Bayern are playing and how the team looks and um, how Bayern stand for attractive possession football and so on and so forth. So I do think that that plays a huge role. Um, I do think that if he can come back and win the Bundesliga, I think that will speak very, very highly in Flick's uh, in flavor. Of, oh, good grief, that's hard to say. In favor of Flick. Um, will speak very much so in favor of Flick. But if I could add one more thing, I think it would have to be, you know, continuing to integrate the youth because if he's going to be the Bayern coach, uh, Tim, you say this all the time, we're looking for someone who's going to be the coach, you know, not for a season or two, but for, you know, five seasons. Um, And I think that integrating young guys, building uh, a real squad while, you know, keeping up with that Bayern identity, I think that's a real challenge. And if he can show that he can do that, uh, then there's no doubt that the Bayern bosses will like that and, and want to continue with him. So all those things are, of course, stuff to keep your eye on over the next few months. We never know how things will go. Um, he could somehow be sacked between now and then, and uh, that would be a little bit crazy, though. But uh, one more topic before we wrap things up for this week, and let's take a little book, little look at some transfer rumors that have popped up because the transfer window is about to open, uh, and you know how that always goes. Um, today, it was confirmed by Schalke that Alexander Nubo will be leaving the club uh, in the summer. Um, if you read between the lines, that basically means Nubo's joining Bayern. All the reports in Germany say it, Bild say it, Kicker, who previously said it wasn't going to happen, are now saying that Nubo will be joining Bayern uh, in the summer. So that certainly seems to be his destination. Um, Christian Falk has been very vocal this week that Leroy Sané is convinced he wants to join Bayern in the winter. Uh, and he says Bayern are going to do what they can to try and bring him in. And then finally, uh, the one I guess I want to talk about the most because we haven't really addressed it too much, uh, Bayern are reportedly in the market for a right back this winter, which I think we would all agree uh, is a very wise thing. Only two names have really been mentioned. Uh, first is Joao Cancelo from Manchester City, who joined Manchester City in the summer. And the other one is Benjamin Henricks of AS Monaco, who hasn't really had the best time since going to League 1. So between those two names, Tim, um, first of all, do you think either is a really good option for Bayern that you would say definitely get this guy in? Or, or you know, maybe who do you think is better between the two? Well, like they're, bo- they're both great. I wouldn't turn down either. In terms of genuine, like, genuine ability, I think Jao Cancelo is probably one of the best right backs in the world. Why he's not getting it, getting any minutes in um, in Manchester is 
very strange. I I genuinely don't understand that. He was a great purchase for Juventus. He did fantastically at, uh, I think he was at Inter, maybe, um, or at Valencia, wherever he was before Juventus. Uh, he was he was great. He has fantastic passing ability. I think somebody said he's got the passing ability of um, like a, a traditional number ten, but still has that ability to like know his role as a right back. He strikes me as the ideal Pep Guardiola midfielder slash fullback. So I don't really know why he's getting no like why he's not getting any playing time. Saying that, I do find it really strange that Bayern are, are interested in him. Like it doesn't, it's not really a, it's not really a Bayern transfer, especially like not in the winter. Um, in terms of like realism and like what players Bayern would probably be going for, Benjamin Hendrick, uh, Henricks is, um, he's got the versatility which I'm a, a huge fan of. He can also fill in as as a winger, uh, like if push comes to shove um that's the sort of thing that makes sense and undervalued underappreciated um like german defender that's the sort of transfer that i could envisage buying going for if if either of them come great i'm not going to be disappointed saying oh i wanted the other guy but yeah it's it's really strange that these are the two names one of them makes a lot of sense the other one i still don't get it but would happily accept either. Sebastian, I know you've talked a lot about our need for a right back mm-hmm. um, recently, so I'd be yeah. interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I would definitely be quite happy for either to, to join. Um, I, I think Henry's make makes kind of more sense. I think Cancelo is probably slightly better in some respects, but but Henry's is, I mean, he's, he's for one thing, he's German, and it's very likely that he's going to be relatively cheap um, I think for like 25 or something that that should be easy. It should easily be enough. Well, with with Joao Cancelo, I guess it's um, kind of not so outlandish as it seems uh, when you look at it, because um, there's apparently still quite a connection uh, to Pep. I guess uh, especially Rummenigge or some people at the club still have that connection, and there's they're still talking. And I guess if it's the case that that uh, Gadiola really wants to get rid of the guy, I think I think it's it's not so unrealistic uh, that that we we could be in the market for that. But anyway, really, I'm I'm going to be totally happy once we have a proper right back on the squad, not named Joshua Kimmich, because I really want him to stay at number six. And yeah, that's going to just going to make a lot of things way easier for for us. And yeah, I'm I'm going to be really happy uh, if if that that works out and we get one of those guys or someone else that's a reasonable kind of right back for, for a kind of reasonable price really because i i'm just not not a fan of Pavard on that side which is really really not not uh, meant as criticism of Pavard so much because i really want to see see him at, at center back more often and and i think he can do a good job there and i think it's ne- neither helping Bayern nor him if he's forced to always play uh, on that right back position yeah, I can sympathize with everything you just said. Um, Pavard has really been pretty good over the last few games at center back. He uh, impressed me in particular yesterday against Wolfsburg. So I he's not he's just not a fullback, um, especially in the way that Bayern wants to play. Uh, I do think Cancelo would be a great option. I'm a little confused as to 
why City would want to sell him just six months after buying him, or if they do, if if this report has any semblance of truth to it at all. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to bring him in on just a loan uh, without an option to buy, so I wouldn't be a fan of that. I would just say go for Hendricks if that's the case, and I may would just say that Hendricks is the better option. Like you said, he's German. Um, Tim brought up, you know, he's he's very versatile. He can play in several different positions. I know he can even play on the left if needs be. Um, probably would just integrate right into the squad a little bit easier than than Cancelo would. Uh, but like you said, no matter who it is, I do think a right back uh, should be very high up on our on our wish list of, uh, I guess, Byron Christmas presents for this off season. But that's actually going to wrap it up for this episode. That's all we have. So if you're a fan of the pod or if you've enjoyed listening today, please do us a big favor and leave a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SuperByronPod. You can get in touch with us there or you can email us at SuperByronPod at gmail.com. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, all the major podcast catchers. We're going to be right there. Thank you for listening. Go out and tell your friends and we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 